Hi, this is Don Sheree Wilkerson, and I pastor Vuk Church in Miami, Florida, and this is our podcast. I hope it encourages you. I hope that it inspires you. Let's check out the message. I have a word on my heart. And if you have your Bibles right where you are, I'm looking at so many faces. I love this so much. But if you have your Bibles, why don't you turn with me to the book of Matthew. We're gonna turn to Matthew chapter 14. And um, I have a word on my heart. I'm so excited to share with you. Matthew chapter 14, talking about the life of Jesus. We have been in this collection called Day by Day. It's funny how many times I've said those words day by day over the last four months. And so I think that this collection is speaking to every single one of us, but this is speaking directly to the life of Jesus in the book of Matthew. This is what it says, Matthew chapter 14, verse 23. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, Jesus was there alone. As we continue this collection day by day, I wanna take the next few minutes to talk to you on this thought, the power of solitude. Will you bow your heads and pray with me? Lord, thank you so much for VU Church. God, thank you for this community, God, that as I'm able to look into their faces, sitting in their living rooms, sitting in their kitchen, in their bedrooms, in their workplace. God, that you are there. So together with united hearts, we say, God, let it not be our way. Let it not be the world's way. But Lord, have your way in me. And come on, if that's your prayer, all of you church said, amen. Come on, put it in the chat. Lord, have your way in me. Lord, have your way in me. Well, last week I was in Alabama preaching at a conference called Motion Conference that we've been a part of literally since it began. Thousands of teenagers leaning into the Word of God. But while we were in Alabama, I got the opportunity to go to a lake in Alabama that I had never been to before. It's a massive lake. In fact, it takes hours to drive across. And we were in the boat with a friend of ours and he was driving and and we were enjoying the sunshine and soaking in the family time. And we drove in the boat underneath this massive bridge. It was huge. I mean, a lot of concrete. And as we drove under the bridge, he started to tell me about the bridge. He said, look, you see this bridge, the way that it it connects these two bodies of land? Like the the story about this bridge is, if you'll notice, there's not one car going across it. I was like, that's strange. Did they shut it down? He said, well, what happened is they built it because they were excited to develop the large amount of land on the other side of this lake. And after they built the bridge, they discovered that eagles lived on that land. And because eagles lived on that land, they were unable to develop anything. It's a haven, it's protected. There's important life there. And so they spent all this time building this bridge when it never should have been built in the first place. That highway, it was pointless. All that effort, well, it was in vain. The highway didn't hold a purpose because it was intended to be a haven. I wanna encourage you today 
Your heart is not a highway. It's a haven. We see the picture of Jesus throughout his ministry often get away to moments of solitude where he got away so that he could be not just prepared for ministry, but so that he could be sustained throughout his ministry because he understood that his ministry, his strength, his power came from the haven that is his heart. And I wanna encourage you, the scriptures tell us, guard your heart because out of it, it's the wellspring of life. What is the scripture saying? It's saying, hey, you better understand your heart's not a highway. Not anybody who wants to has access to your life stream. Your heart is a haven that you should protect and guard and value and only entrust to the one who created it. His name is Jesus. And your heart was intended to be a haven. We see pictures throughout the scriptures that Jesus, behold, he stands at the door and he knocks. And if you choose to allow him access into the haven that is your heart, he tells us that he'll come in, that he'll actually sit at the table with us, that he'll actually have supper with us, that he'll listen to us and then he will speak to us. Friend, your heart is not a highway. Your heart is a haven. I can see through the scriptures that, that the disciples, you know, there came a moment where they have a conversation with Jesus where, where they wanna know where his power source came from. And if you notice, they watch him closely and they discover where his power source came from. And you can notice it from the question they actually ask him. When it comes for a time of intimacy, a time of honesty, a, a conversation between Jesus and those who had decided to follow him, they don't say, hey Jesus, will you tell us about your business plan? They don't tell him, hey Jesus, will you tell us you know, what your five-year plan is? They don't lean into anything other than this. Jesus, what do you say to God when it's just you and your Father speaking? They ask him for his power source by asking him how he prays. Jesus, teach us how to pray. Jesus, teach us about what it looks like when you have your moment of solitude with the Father. What does it sound like? What does it listen? God, we wanna lean into that moment. And the thing is, is that you and I have to understand this that our heart, it's a, it's a precious life source that God wants to instill with the peace and the strength you need for your journey. And we're gonna worship in a little while, but for now, I really wanna take the moment to lean in with you today to discuss the Word of God. You see, isolation and solitude are not the same thing. There's a difference. I've seen people get burned out on ministry. They run away and they hide and they shut themselves away, friend. That's not what we're talking about today. That's called isolation. That's called cutting off the life source. Solitude is about breathing in the life source. It's about being filled up with the strength you need so that you can go back into the fight, so that you can pick up the weapons that God has placed in your hand and wage a war of faith. Isolation is about, I'm not gonna let anybody in. But solitude is about, I'm gonna let the right 
person into my heart. Isolation is about running away. Solitude is about moving forward. There's a difference between isolation and solitude. And Jesus was at the work of the Father in the day. He was focused on what God had called him to do. But at night, we see him again and again retreat to solitude. See, what does the practice of solitude look like? Well, I wanna talk to you practically about what it looks like as we look at the scriptures and as we dig deep into the promises of God. You see, first of all, practically speaking, when we practice solitude, we choose to pause. Come on, right now, write pause in the chat, write it down in your notes. If you decide to practice solitude, then you're choosing to pause. Scripture says, be still. Be still and know that I am God. You know the power of the pause? Is that the power of the pause is that you can choose any moment of the day. You can be driving your kids to work. You can be driving your kids to school. You can choose to, ah, pause. You can be making dinner. You can choose to pause. You can be working on that business plan and you can choose to pause. You can be in an argument with your spouse. Glory to God. And you can choose to pause. We see this little tiny word all throughout the scriptures. It's a Hebrew word called Selah. And it has a lot of different interpretations, but one of the interpretations means to simply pause and ponder, to reflect and praise. See, for us to choose to, to live out the discipline of solitude, we have to choose to pause, to have those Selah moments. Those moments that say, Lord, uh, what you just said to me is too good for me to move beyond this moment. I gotta actually pause and ponder it. I've gotta reflect and I have to praise. You can pause for five seconds or you can pause for five days. The Holy Spirit will meet you with what you give to him. We've been in this collection, I'll grab some water, but we've been in this collection called Day by Day. Come on, if you have loved this collection, why don't you just write in the chat right now, why don't you put your hands together? It has been life-changing for me. But the beauty of truth being spoken to our hearts is this, is that when the Holy Spirit speaks to our hearts, we actually have the opportunity to respond. We actually have the opportunity to respond. It's not just that you receive the word, but it's also that you respond to the word. And I want you to lean into what I'm saying right now because I think it's key for God to establish what he wants to establish in your heart. There are times that the word of God is spoken and it is so good that you actually need to immediately take a moment to pause. There are moments on Sunday and after your crew that you don't need to just run into another conversation with someone else, that you don't need to pick up the phone and call your family or your friends, that you don't need to run out to the restaurant and hash it out with all your buddies. It's a holy invitation from heaven to pause, to ponder, to reflect and to praise, and friends, that's an invitation that you just cannot refuse. It's not time for me to eat. 
It's not time for me to talk with someone else. It's time for me to pause and say, God, whatever you just said, I want it to be established forever. In fact, I think that whatever you just said through the scriptures to me, that there's actually some more things that you wanna say. So Lord, let me posture myself. Let me lean into what you wanna say. I choose to pause. And a life of discipline that is committed to hearing the voice of God is a life that is marked by moments of saying, Selah, I will pause, I will ponder, I will reflect before you, God. I'm not gonna miss the moment. Paul tells Timothy, Timothy, fan into flame the gift of God in your life. How does a spark turn into a flame? You got to fan that flame. You gotta take a moment and focus on that spark. You gotta go, God, the, the word, it's focused seed to me, but Lord, I think there's some fruition that needs to take place right now. I think there's some water that needs to pour out in my life right now. I think, Lord, that I need to lean into it. Timothy says, fan that flame. Are you committed to fanning the flame that God has placed within you? We need mentors in our life. We need pastors in our life. We need leaders in our life. But friends, all of us need the voice of heaven in our lives more than anything. I'll never forget like this one New Year's Eve, I was at a party and we were in New York City and we were with a ton of friends and it was the best time. We were encouraging each other. We were sharing stories. We were laughing. We were lighting sparklers. We were watching fireworks. And a friend of mine lived in a build in, in the same building. It was a couple that lived just a few doors down. And the husband came in the room and we were talking and chatting and I asked where his wife was, who's a dear friend of mine. And he just said, you know what? She's not gonna hang tonight. She's taking some time. She's spending, some, she's spending some time with God. And I'll never forget that. People had flown in. There was plenty of time. There was an opportunity, but she had decided. She had felt that nudge. There were plenty of other memories we made with tons of people. She's a community person. She's an incredible leader, an incredible builder of the church, but she felt that nudge in her heart that, oh, there's a holy moment. I got to pause. And that's an invitation that I just can't miss out on. I'm not lonely when I'm alone with Jesus. I'm not isolated when I'm surrounded by heaven. I don't feel like I'm lacking anything when I'm surrounded by the fullness of God. This is my moment of solitary focus with God. I really think that in 2020, we need to redefine what FOMO is. That fear of missing out, that when you're on your phone and you're scrolling and all of a sudden you see what they're doing and you wish that you were there. Friends, we need to redefine what it really looks like when we're missing out. I don't wanna have a fear of missing out on hanging with a crowd. I wanna have the fear of missing out on hanging with the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the creator of the universe. I don't wanna have a fear of missing out on that late is collaboration. I want to have the fear of missing out on collaborating with heaven, collaborating with the creator of all. I don't want to have the fear of missing out on that movie. I want to have the fear of missing out on God telling his story through my life, through my family, through my marriage. Come on, if you believe it today, give God a shout. Put 
your hands together wherever you are. I'm tired of having the wrong perspective on missing out. When every moment of my day, I can pause. I can say la. I can pause, I can ponder, I can reflect. Friends, what are we actually missing out on? Jesus knew that there was a lot of work for him to do on earth. Oh, he was committed to the work. In fact, all the disciples, they were already at work when he called them. He called people that were already at work. But Jesus knew that those moments of pausing, those moments of pondering, those moments of being with the Father were everything to his future. Voice notes are like one of my favorite things, right? Like, does anybody like voice notes more than texting? I love it. I love that you can actually hear the tone in my voice, that you're not misinterpreting anything, that there's, that there's just this connection because the tone of your voice says so much. And so I'm into voice notes, but how often am I listening to somebody's voice note and they're saying something super important? And so what do I do? I don't just listen all the way through it. I keep hitting pause. I keep hitting pause. I got to write down that number right now so that I can make that contact. I got to write down that address so that I know the direction that I'm going. I got to write down what they're saying because I don't want to forget it. And there are moments in our life that you just can't afford to keep on play. Everybody's looking for a power play. Let me tell you where the power's at. The power's found in your power pause. When you choose to say, I can't move forward like this anymore, I've got to actually take a pause and allow what's been spoken to sink in, to seek my Father, to want Him more than anything. There is power in your pause. So maybe today you're saying, Don Shuri, you're getting through to me. The, the scriptures are getting through to me. Okay, I realize that I need to pause, but how do I pause? Well, do you have a plan to pause? Did, is it on your calendar? Because if it's not on your calendar, if you're not actually planning your pause, then it's never gonna happen. So the second thing we have to understand when it comes to this discipline of solitude is that we must plan. Come on, right now, put it in the chat, write it in your notes. We must choose to plan. Our God values plans. In fact, he says, I know the plans I have for you. If God plans and we're called to follow and be shaped in his image, then how important is it that you and I make plans? We make plans for everything, right? We make coffee dates. We plan family vacations. We, we put together our to-do list before we go to bed so that we wake up and we have clarity, so that we have a plan, that we don't wake up hazy, so we can be on mission. It, our moments of solitude with God a part of your planning process? Are you setting aside time intentionally for you to be with God? You know, Rich and I will celebrate 14 years of marriage this week. And we've been together a long time. We've been on a lot of dates. And what we've realized in our life is that we have to be intentional about pausing in the day-to-day. -day. It might just be a quick, I love you. It might just be a quick hug might just be looking into each other's eyes or shouting across the room, I appreciate you as he changes a dirty diaper. Whatever it may be, those pause moments are important for us. 
as we choose to plan to be intentional in our relationship. But then there are moments that we put on our calendar that are more concentrated times together. We decided before I even gave birth to my second son, Wild, we put it on our calendar that when he was three months old, we were getting a weekend away without the kids. And we planned that because we value our relationship. And we know the only way that we can continue to connect is if we plan times to have a solitary focus on one another. And you know, I approach my relationship with God really the same way that I approach my relationship with Rich. I need those daily times of connection. I need those moments when I pause and say, God, I need your strength right now. Lord, I wanna hear what you're saying. God, this isn't my plan, this is your plan. Lord, speak to me, guide me. I can be sitting at my desk, I can be driving, I can be taking care of the kids, I can be doing so many different things, but because the Holy Spirit lives within me, I don't have to go to a physical location, I can actually just lean into Him and say, Lord, I'm here. What do you wanna say? But then there are also moments that I'm able to put on the calendar to say, Lord, this day is your day. And and I wanna challenge you in this. Like when, when I didn't have children, it was much easier because Rich would travel or he'd be gone doing something and I would, it would be so easy to have a day to say, Lord, this is your day. This isn't gonna be a spa day. This isn't gonna be a my thing day. This isn't gonna be a girl's day. This isn't gonna be a shop day. God, this is your day. It was so much easier. But now that we have kids, praise God, I'm grateful for that blessing. But the blessings in God, the blessings of God can't take away our delight in the presence of the one who gives the blessing. And so I've had to actually plan. Last year I put dates on my calendar that I would take that day. God, this is your day. It's not my kid's day. It's not my husband's day. God, this is your day. We have to be intentional and we have to actually put it before God on the altar. You know, God just wants those moments with you. When you pause, you say, what does God want? Does he want to condemn me? Does he want to beat me up? No, friend, he doesn't want to do that. He wants to love you. I can't tell you how many times a day I'm in the living room with my kids and they're on the floor playing with their blocks, running around the house and I'm, I'm just three feet away and I'm yelling, hey, Wyatt, hey, Wyatt, and he ignores me. He is looking at the TV screen. He is looking at the, everything else in the room and you know what? I don't give up. I just keep saying, hey, Wyatt, hey, Wyatt, hey, Wyatt. And when he finally looks at me, what do I want? I just wanna look in his eyes. I just wanna smile at him. I just wanna say from across the room, I love you. You delight me. You make this life so much better. And if you're wondering what God wants to do, he wants to look into your eyes and say, I love you. I adore you. I created you. I have a plan for you. Will you listen to me? Will you pause? Will you plan? Because I have something to say. So important that you and I actually plan for those moments. He hasn't gone anywhere. You may feel like he's silent in this quarantine season, friend. He's been here all along. Say in your name. Say in your name. Say in your name. Say in your name. He's not giving up on you. It's time for you to plan. 
to actually focus on Him. And when you lock eyes with Him, you will find your purpose. When you lock eyes on Him, everything else about the world will fade away. It's time to focus on Jesus. Can I ask you, when was the last time you had that moment with God? When was the last time you had that moment where, God, this is your time. You're gonna fill me up. You're gonna remind me why I do what I do. You're gonna remind me what's most important in my life. You're gonna give me the direction that I need. There's power in your plan. And once you make a plan, you gotta press in. I wanna talk to you very practically for a few moments on pressing in because pressing in can become very abstract. So let me get really practical with you. When you choose to have a moment of solitude with God, you are choosing to have a solitary focus on God. And so that will demand that you choose to press in. And the moment you choose to press in is the moment that all hell is gonna break loose in your life. It's the moment that every distraction, good and bad, is gonna rear its head so that you are unable to place your focus on God. And the thing is, when it comes to distractions, is that we all need to understand this, is that sometimes distractions come in and they're good. They're good distractions, but they're not needed for that moment. And I'm not ready yet. We're not gonna close yet. So I'm gonna keep, keep talking. And we don't, I don't need the band right now. Thank you so much. But here's the thing about distractions is that when distractions come in, it can grab your attention and knock you off of the foundation that God is trying to establish for you. It can completely deter you. It can completely turn you in a different direction. The phone will go off. Suddenly an emergency at work pops up. The person you haven't spoken to in forever that you just need to take a minute and touch base. You just need to take a moment and make sure, oh man, that thing that I was supposed to take care of that I didn't take care of, I gotta do it right now. Suddenly you'll become inspired in every single other area of your life. I just wanna be real with you today. When you choose to press in, distractions will come. That's why you've gotta press. That's why you gotta push forward. That's why you've gotta say, I, this moment, these five minutes that I have, God, they are yours. So I put the phone away. I focus on you, God. I desire you. You have to have your focus. How do I do that? Well, I wanna encourage you in this. You gotta deploy the Holy Spirit. You gotta actually ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, help me to focus right now. Holy Spirit, I need you right now. Allow me to lean in. God, I don't wanna get distracted by anybody else's voice, Lord. I, I know that I have this invitation to go out with them tonight. I know that I have this lunch date that I could go to right now. But Holy Spirit, I feel like you're stirring me. I feel that spark. I want it to be a flame. I don't wanna be the same, God. Establish something in me. See, these moments of solitude, they're not just for you to get like hyped up. These are moments for God to establish something in you. These are moments for God to whisper something to you that you'll never, ever forget. For God to do something that only He can do. And friends, we can't miss out on it. How do I press in? First of all, you must listen. 
Get quiet. You can't learn if you talk over the teacher. And praying with others is a part of the gift that God gave us in community. But if you're only praying with others, you're missing out on a very intimate part of your relationship with God. Because when you're listening to other people pray, you're focusing on what they're saying. But if you choose to walk in solitude the way that Jesus walked in solitude, you're able to have communion with your Father God in heaven. And you're able to focus on what's in your heart and what He wants to speak to you. This week I was at the doctor and I took a hearing test. And as I took the hearing test, I had this little machine in my hands and I had headphones on my ears. And man, I got so quiet because I wanted to pass that hearing test. I'm competitive. I've got five brothers and I want to win. And I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to crush this thing. Let's go. And so I had the little button in my hands and, and I'm waiting for the beep. And man, I would hit that thing so quick. Yep, I'm on it. I'm on it. And the noises would go down and they'd get so soft that literally I was barely breathing. I want to hear it. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to respond. God, I'm shutting out every distraction around me. You're the most important thing. I want to hear what you're saying. And God, I want to immediately respond. You can't follow God unless you hear him speak. And he is not silent, but he will not compete with the voices around you. He is God. He's not your buddy. He's not your girlfriend. He's not your parent. He's not your spouse. He's God, creator of all. And you know when he speaks? He speaks when you get quiet. How else do you press in? You read. We know that in moments of solitude that we have the word of God to read, that we should open up the word, that we should dig in, that we should soak up the promises of God. Now, I wanna be practical with you today. My relationship with God shouldn't look like your relationship with God. Uh, My marriage shouldn't look like somebody else's marriage. It depends on our personalities, how we learn, how we converse, how we connect. And so the way that you connect with God is very intimate in your relationship. And so like for me, when it comes to reading, I have to read out loud. I have to read out loud. I I can read one verse out loud in the day or I have spent days from morning to night reading aloud the word of God. Why? Because that's the way I absorb it. I get distracted when I read silently. So the way that I press in is I read aloud, but maybe it's audio for you. Maybe somebody reading it in your ears is the way that you're able to absorb the truth. Maybe, Maybe opening up the word and marking up your Bible. Maybe writing it in your journal, the scriptures, as you write it out, allows you to absorb it. But friends, you cannot wait. You gotta pause and discover how you actually receive the word of God because it's your daily bread. You're desperate for it. Don't just put it before you. Figure out how you can eat it. Figure out how you can digest it and put it into practice. Figure out your flow. So you listen, you read. Another practical way that you press in is you reflect. Come on, everybody put it in the chat. You reflect. How do you reflect? How do you, 
How do you actually choose to reflect? Uh, my first job as a teenager was in inventory. It was in retail. And in retail, inventory is like a very important part of any retail store. And so as I was a teenager, there would be days and evenings after work that we would shut the store, we would lock the door, and then we would count everything. Every single thing in the store we would count. And we weren't just doing it for fun. It was important to have an honest, truthful account of what was held in that place. And as you press in, I encourage you, just like those Selah moments, pause and ponder, choose to reflect, choose to allow God to take inventory of your heart, to tell you what is actually taking up residence within you to let you know what you've stored up. What is your treasure? What are you actually building? God, I place my heart before you. Will you measure it? Will you weigh it? Will you take inventory as I'm silent? My heart's not a highway, my heart is a haven. And God, it's for you, so be honest with me. See, it's a moment for you to reflect and be honest with God so that he can say, hey, this thing right here, this has gotta go. But in its place, I don't wanna just leave it empty. I actually wanna fill you with more of me. I actually wanna give you insight in the direction that you're going for your life. I wanna live according to God's measure. I don't wanna live according to the world's measure. I wanna live according to what God finds worth something. I don't wanna be storing up things that are empty. I don't want my plans, I want God's plans. The only way you can do that is in moments of solitude when you choose to reflect. But the fourth thing that you can do when you press in, as you listen, as you read, as you reflect, is that you can choose to record. You can actually choose to write down what God is saying to you. And I found this to be so key. Aren't we thankful for the Word of God? Somebody actually took the time to write down what the Spirit of God was saying. And now you and I, thousands of years later, get to hold and receive strength from what someone chose to write down. And so as you reflect, there are moments that it's very important for you to write it down. I was talking with someone from our community this week who was saying, Don Shuri, as I've reflected over quarantine, man, I, I have seen so many things that I wish I would have done before this season started. I wish I would have immersed myself in community. I wish I would have prioritized things. I wish I would have done things differently. I was so caught up in doing my own thing, building my own thing. And Don Shuri, God's speaking to me. He's showing me that once this is over, things are gonna be different. You know what I said? I said, write it down. Write it down so you don't forget it. Write it down so you can come back to it when other voices tell you to go a different direction. Write it down. Write down what God is speaking to you. Write it down so that you can return to it when other opinions start to outweigh the voice of heaven. Write it down so you can dwell on it. And so that those moments of solitude aren't just for seconds, but so that they strengthen you for the seasons to come. Write it down. You reflect to remember. So record it. And we're gonna close right now. 
But as we close, I want to encourage you that as you press in, you are prepared. A lot of times we look at solitude as like, I just gotta get away to renew. But friends, yes, that's part of it. But you're getting away to renew so that you can move forward. You're getting away to get focused so you know which direction to walk. You're getting away to renew so that you have a vision of what God's put in front of you. And Jesus did not retreat to solitude and say, you know what? People are attacking me. There's division all around me. Man, people are saying things that aren't true about me. I'm gonna stay in solitude until the moment of my sacrifice comes. No, Jesus, He would serve and then He would go to solitude. He would serve and then He would go to solitude because the solitude kept pointing him back to his mission. And that mission is people. And that mission is sacrifice. And your solitude with God will not tell you to quit. Your solitude with God will tell you to press on, to move forward, to keep believing. Keep believing. There's more in front of you for your family. There's more in front of you for your marriage. You are called, you are chosen, you are known by name, but friends, you can't get your strength anywhere but in solitude with God. You can't get your direction anywhere but in solitude with God. And you can pause as you rock your babies to sleep and you can call out on heaven. You can pause as you drive your children to work or as you have that moment alone, as you drive to meet someone else for lunch and you can say, God, this moment is all yours. I'm listening, I'm pausing, I'm reflecting. And just as intentional as you are about your family vacation, you can mark a day off on your calendar and say, God, this is your day. Create, God, a clean heart in me. Renew a right spirit within me. I don't want my heart to be a highway. Instagram should not have direct access to your heart. Your heart is a haven. It's for you and God. And we get to teach those that we walk with this secret. I've watched time and time again, my parents, just in the day to day, just pause. I learned what it meant to, to call on the name of Jesus. I would hear my parents say those deep, heavy, Jesus. It seemed random to me as a child, now I get it. Because they desperately needed a pause. They desperately needed a Lord. God, as I'm at work for you, I'll never forget my grandmother telling me this that as she was building a Christian school that she started to feel guilty, like, God, I'm not giving enough time to you. And, and, and God spoke to her one day on the way to work and said, Francis, do you think I'm at home sitting in a rocking chair waiting for you to get home so that I can talk to you? I am in this with you. I am working with you. I am building this. This is my dream. This is my calling. I'm doing something and I will finish what I've started. Some of you need to hear this today because it takes a pause for you to remember why you do what you do takes a pause for you to remember that I am not a citizen of this earth. I'm a citizen of heaven. It takes a pause for you to remember that we don't store up treasures in the here and now, but we store up treasures, oh, in eternity 
Well, they will not rust and they will not fade. Jesus knew. Jesus knew the power of solitude. Jesus knew that his heart was a haven and that if he would guard his heart, oh, then he could fulfill his mission. That he would be able to be willing to be sacrificed. Spotless Lamb of God, be humiliated, be broken, be beaten, be bruised, be crucified. His moments of solitude prepared him for the sacrifice ahead. His moments of solitude didn't prepare him for the mountaintop experience on earth. No friends, that's not why he was sent to earth. His moments of solitude prepared him for suffering. His moments of solitude prepared him for sacrifice because that was the will of the Father. Jesus knew where his power was. Do you? Do you know where your power is? It's found in the presence of God. He wants to fill you. He wants to strengthen you. I believe today is the day. Wherever you're sitting, looking at your faces, each one of you so valued, so treasured by God, loved with a love that is perfect immeasurable oh that baby that you hold in your arms that love you feel it can't compare to the way that God looks at you oh that love that you feel for that person that you walk alongside or that love that you anticipate feeling for those that will come into your life in the future it can't compare to the love of the father it can't compare to the love of the one who created you intentionally, uniquely, unlike anybody else in all of history. You are different. You are designed. You have been planned. The reason why God planned your life is so that you could know Him. This is your moment if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. It's not something that you can achieve, something that you receive by simply deciding to believe that Jesus is who He said He was, that He gave His life 2,000 years ago, that He just wasn't crucified, but that He also rose from the dead, that He defeated death, and that that sacrifice that He made is enough to give you a brand new life, where the old passes away, everything is new. Shame can't stay on you anymore. The things that you did, the things that defined you once or even define you right now by simply choosing to entrust your life to Jesus, that's gone. It's gone, it's forgotten. If you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, this is your moment. I wanna give you the opportunity simply to say, I wanna entrust my life to Jesus. I choose to believe and I choose to follow. Wherever you are, if that's you, I simply want to pray with you today. And if that's you, instead of raising your hand, I just want, I want you to take your hands and put them over your heart, wherever you are. Just put your hands over your heart. Your haven, now God's haven. Pray this prayer after me. Say, dear Jesus, today I choose to throw my life into your hands. I'm celebrating your rescue. I believe you died for me. I believe that you rose again. Today, I give you my life. I wanna walk with you. I wanna talk with you. Forgive me in Jesus' name. 
And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. Come on, wherever you are, we celebrate you. We get excited about this because this is the whole reason Vuke Church exists. This family grows every single time that we gather. And this decision that you made, hear me loud and clear, write it down. Remember this date because you don't have to walk it out alone. You can walk it out in a community that loves you. We're not perfect, but our God is. And uh, if you made that decision, please, please make the decision to just take a step so that we can connect with you. Just choose to text the word decided. D-E-C-I-D-E-D, decided. It's coming up on the screen to 786-755-3737. Just take a minute, text that word decided. We wanna put a couple completely free resources in your hand that we think will make all the difference in your life. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. Maybe consider rating the podcast and share it with a friend. It really makes all the difference. For more content from VU and to connect with us, go to vuchurch.com. We love you. The best is yet to come.